Live from the Bills' famous cheese spread studios in the downstairs pub, the Blockout Sports Pod is back on the air. From behind the master control desk of the aforementioned downstairs pub, I am your host and moderator for this evening. My name is Travis Carter. Over my right shoulder at the high top table is the big fellow, the tuna country, Matt Kempf, and bellied up to the bar is a man who the downtown ladies call him treetop lover, but the men just call him sir, the fabulous one, Freddie Benders. I don't fall into either one of those categories. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's the other people, not me. I'm just here so uh, Freddie will yell at me some more. That was, that no, was a good time. This I, is a, I'm here to yell. Let's yell. Did we say this is a Raise laid, your voice, laid back edition? It's laid definitely going to be a laid back edition. We are in the doles of summer at this point. Boys, it's uh, great to be here again tonight. Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Great. I mean, until I'll tell you later. Until <laughs> what? What's going on later? No, I'm kidding. Well, that's what I was great last time, last week. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Let's see what kind of nerves we can Dude, get. Dude, we're doing great, man. It's a little <laughs> yeah. foggy and smoky out uh, in the River City, but uh, doing good. You just need to clean your sunglasses off. <laughs> uh, last week uh, was a very interesting and unique episode. Uh, I appreciate anybody that reached out and sent messages about uh, what they enjoyed about it. We're going to try to keep things uh, a little more on the rails tonight. Whether that happens or not, we'll see. Uh, We are, as always, on social media, on Twitter, at BlockoutPod. On Facebook, just type in BlockoutSportsPod into your search bar. Um, With that out of the way... The big thing, or there was a few big things that happened, but we spent uh, a decent amount of time the last couple of episodes talking about the College World Series, which wrapped up on, was that Monday night? Monday night. Monday night. Yep. Monday yep. night. Which wrapped up on Monday night with uh, LSU. <clears throat> Shout out to our uh, loyal listeners that are uh, Go Tiger fans. Um the the tournament as a whole was uh very interesting and was really fun to watch the world series itself i did not find particularly engaging uh the final game that i was excited to watch seemed to be over within about a half hour but i wanted to uh throw it over to our resident baseball expert tuna and ask you what your thoughts were uh, regarding the College World Series. Man, resident baseball extra, uh, expert. That's uh, putting me on a big throne there. I uh, I don't know if I, about all that, but the uh, game itself, the championship game, was awful. Um, I mean, congrats to LSU. Good for them. I'm happy for their fans. But it was probably one of the boringest championship games I've seen in a while. Um, game two was another stinker. Um, Florida took the lead in that one and did not look back. What was that one, like 12-4? to 4? Something, Something like, like that. that. Um, and then this one ended 18-4, to 4, in case you guys don't know. The first one was probably the best game we had in the series, and I thought that was going to set the tone for what would be a great series, and it was just awful. I don't, I, honestly, I don't believe I finished either of the games. Both of them I believe I shut off early, which is rare. Well, I thought the second game was like twenty-five to four. Oh, it may have been. I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah. it was twenty-five. You just start blacking out after they're up by like eight runs. Um, but I mean, it was a great way to go out for a couple big-time guys. Dylan Cruz, you know, obviously super stud. Uh, I love the series. Tank Whitehead kid was phenomenal throughout. Oh yeah. Uh, he had that huge game winner in uh, first game, but uh, or against that game in Wake Forest. Um, and then my boy Riley Cooper, the pitcher, did get to get in. Uh, I like watching him p- pitch out of the bullpen. Other than that, it was it was over with. Yeah, no longer an Eagles wide receiver. He has made a name for himself. Uh, I think the, the Eagles wide receiver made a name for himself. Too. Well, that's true. <laughs> but, you know, that's what's cool about uh, college baseball is you get to see all these kids' true personalities uh especially in that when they show their excitement when they get on base and all that and you got to really after you've watched them for a while you get you really kind of pick out the guys you like and da 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 and then you find out other guys are better than what you thought they were and 
Uh, it was pretty cool. I mean, uh, that one guy from Florida was hotter than molasses. Caglianone? Or yeah, Caglione. Caglianone. Uh, but, uh, sure, I butchered that. I think everyone else kind of faltered off for Florida and just couldn't couldn't get their hot bats back. And, of course, LSU's pitching was great, and they got out up front. And, it, it, you know, it was a buzzsaw. I think the real winner in this series was Rocco's Bar and Grill. Um, yes, what did that? How many Jello shots did they sell at five dollars a pop to LSU fans? It was record breaking, and it wasn't even close. Uh, yeah, Guinness Book record breaking. Yeah, uh, well, I have I have some uh, some numbers to give to you guys here we go. <clears throat> that I uh, saw this morning. I've just got to find them real quick because when that tournament first started, I had sent a message I think on our group text about. Uh, what do you think the profit margin is on these things? They're selling them for $5 a pop, and at that time, I think they had sold, what, about 20,000 of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they ended up selling 95,030 Jello shots. Total or just LSU? Total. Okay. And then probably 60,000 of those were LSU, right? Oh, a lot. I- I would assume so. Okay. Um, I think the surprising number, and I'd I'd like to pull up the individuals who did what. The surprising number to me was Wake Forest. I didn't think those people had it in them. I think they were some. They were second at like something like twelve or fourteen thousand or something like that, which is a lot for those stuffy people down there in uh, Winston Salem. That's right. This guy, David Odom, would be proud. This guy that that did a rough estimate of um, what supplies cost versus uh, what they actually sold the things for. Uh, his his rough estimate was that this outfit that made these Jello shots made four hundred and fifty four thousand eight hundred and eighty dollars and eighty six cents profit. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> so undoubtedly they are the true winners i hope they tipped well man <laughs> i hope they tip well and rocco didn't just walk away with all that profit himself well um i'm pretty sure that a great majority of that money is going to a charity okay so i would think that maybe the uh, su- uh souffle company the souffle cup company would have done well too on that What's the souffle cup company? Well, that's what the Jello shots come in. Oh, yeah. I would never have known it. Thank you for enlightening yeah. me on that. Yeah. Okay. So my thought is, uh, next year maybe for the Derby, we should uh, set up a Jello shot stand outside of the Derby and sell them not according to the teams, but according to the horses. Oh. And <clears throat> if you are, you know, whoever the three horses, and we'll keep track of which horse wins the mm-hmm. Jello Shot Derby. And I wow. think we might be able to finance this uh, show for the next 20 years off of that. Well, I think we have a Souffle Cup um, connecting, or connection, so we we've do. got that. But while we're doing this, I feel like one of us should keep the uh, car running very close because the legalities of this doesn't seem all there. Yeah, so that's... yeah. That, we'll work the kinks out. That's probably a little iffy. We'll just make it a that. mobile... Um, Jello shots. Right. <laughs> Uber would yeah. need to be highly involved as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. Uh, or completely... a wheelbarrow or something. <laughs> I'm not out running a cop with a wheelbarrow. <laughs> I'm not out running a cop on regular feet. So, um, Tuna, you have anything else to add to the uh, to the end of the NCAA baseball season? Nah, go Tigers. Uh, Two buddies of mine, big LSU fans. Congrats, guys. Eat it up. Um, I Is enjoy that the nine now it. or ten? I have no idea. It's more than I could ever imagine. So. I think I, I was wondering if it was double digits. I thought it was nine, but maybe it is ten. Hmm. But that's be. a lot. Yeah, I don't I mean. That's a lot of championships in baseball, yeah. Bubba. Well, that's I mean, uh, <clears throat> it's more championships than uh, any team regionally has won games in Omaha. So, yeah, that is true. Uh, yeah, which is uh, pretty incredible and pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they're going to be able to stand tall in baseball because, uh, yeah, well, you know, next year's the next chance well, they have a chance for a championship. It's funny that you say that because um, 
I think it was just what a couple days ago, maybe <clears throat> Sunday evening, we were talking, and and you said LSU was going to win the SEC. In no, football. I said they're they're the favorite. They're you favorite. said no. They said you were they were your pick. They were favorite. They were your pick to win. So we're going to put that in the books. Really? I don't well, know if that's like you're trying to like reverse jinx them somehow. Is that what's happening? I, well, I have a voodoo doll at home, and I will <laughs> use it. Uh, but I do think that uh, LSU has all the. The weapons uh, from last year back, and then some. Uh, I think we know Brian Kelly isn't a isn't a facade. He is the uh, the real deal. Yes, he is. And uh, that's all that LSU was ever really lacking. They've always had the the talent of the uh, and the some of the best talent in the world. It's like mm-hmm. could a coach ever put it together and do something with it besides like Nick silliness Saban. that the Mad Hatter would do. Nick Saban did pretty good uh, down there. And uh, yeah, Nick and Saban did do pretty good. Don't ever besmirch the good name of uh, Coach Jerry, Jerry Denardo. Okay, Jerry Denardo. <laughs> also, also Bo uh, Pelini. Also a little old Clemson man. Uh, but uh, but you know that they really they are that the only thing they've been lacking is discipline at LSU, in my opinion. And now they have that, and now they could really be dangerous. And I. I'm a big fan of their quarterback because he did beat us, you know, pretty much with his leg in the fourth quarter. I've watched that game, like you said, three times, and I have come to the realization that we were one missed tackle by Dallas Turner away from winning that game, and he got it done. So kudos to him, and he's going to be tough to stop. You know, it's funny that you brought this up. What's his name? What's his name? Who are we talking about? Jaden Jaden Daniels, Jayden the quarterback. Daniels. Yeah, yeah, he's good. But you talk about Brian Kelly. Um, what I read uh, yesterday was released by twenty four seven or two four seven, however you want to call it, sports, and they did this analytical computer nerd stuff where they ranked the ten best coaches in college football. I, I glanced at it. Did you? I didn't see. Okay, you want to hear the rankings? I heard Jeff Brom's in there. That's what. That's what. Oh, is he? I, I haven't noticed that. Is he? He's 11th. No, he's 10. Uh, oh, 10. Yep, yep. I see him right here at 10. So I think I know where you're getting at, that the greatest of all time, did he not make the list? No, he's on oh, the okay. list. Okay, go ahead with the list. Yeah, don't shut the list down. I just think it's an interesting I list. I'm not busting it. your balls no, right I now. No, I want to hear it. Uh, sitting at number nine was Josh Heupel. Okay. Which probably a lot of that's going so back Jeff to his Braum days at UCF. at UofL is 10th. He is 10th. Wow. He is 10th. Having not done anything uh, yet. This is one that I think you're going to find very interesting. Number eight. Not Jimbo Fisher. Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze oh, made the gosh. list. Having not shown anything yet. Yeah. Okay. Number seven is a guy that I'm glad to see get some love because I think he's been one of the most underrated coaches in college football. Chris Kleiman at Kansas State. Okay, yeah. Love I can that guy. see that. Yes, Absolutely. Had a great season until the bowl game. Keep going. Number six, <laughs> and this one kind of surprises me, um, Jim Harbaugh. I mean, no, it doesn't surprise me. He's uh, had a lot he of – He hasn't beaten Ohio State, but he has been there. In the – I mean, dude, he's he been up in the top five. underwhelming seasons when he first he got did, to Michigan. but he's been in the top five ever since he kind of got mm-hmm. his his thing, his groove going. With okay. The, I just, ever since he started tucking his shirt in his Dockers. And, and So you're a big Jim Harbaugh fan. No, I am not. Uh, take, uh, I've got that I'm, written in my I'm, notes No, now. I'm not, not a Jim Harbaugh <laughs> fan. I mean, but, but I just – I would like to see him beat Ohio State. Gotcha. Wait a, they Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The past two years. Wait yeah. a minute. Wait a minute. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> yes, I take that back. Everyone, I know that uh, that the coach at Ohio State has not beaten Harbaugh, the new coach Ryan Day. Ryan Day. Mm-hmm. That is what I'm getting at. I got mixed up there. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was looking at something here on my sheet. Uh, exactly. Ryan Day has not beaten Michigan, mm-hmm. and I think with Harbaugh having done that, and I mean, you got to admit that he – I know it for a while. They're like, man, they're bad. Remember they got beat, had like four losses or whatever. But you got to say, right mm-hmm. now in this day and age of them being in the playoff and then being like the fifth one almost in and, and then they were almost in again, I would say he's a legitimate top ten. I will agree with you on that, that 
as a coach as of right now, and if you go back the last four years, I will say he's definitely a top five to six coach. I'm just looking at the body of work he did overall, which is goes into this, um, how they rank this. And then number five is your favorite coach, uh, Dabo Sweeney. Okay. That's deserving. Yep. Number four, and I still don't know about this one, but I guess you kind of have to do it as Ryan Day at Ohio State. Yeah, you have to. He's been in the playoffs. He has been. He has been number three, Lincoln Riley. Not sure I have any issues with that. No, no, no. I mean, he's been there too. So now we're getting to the meat and the potatoes. We have two left. Well, that's easy. Okay. What it's easy, but who is one and who is two? Well, I would say Saban's two, and I would say Kirby Smart's one. You don't have faith in the greatest to ever do it? I do, but he has been off kilter, dude. You got to give it to the guy that's beaten him and won the last two. Okay, and I'll agree with you on that. If we were going as of right now in the past two years, I would say put Kirby number one, Saban two. Right. But this is the overall body of work. Saban holds the one spot. Kirby has the two spot. Okay, okay. So – that's big. I thought it was a pretty good list. No, man. it is a good list. Yeah. I am glad that uh, K-State's coach got his due in there. Is there anyone, that uh, Travis, that we're missing that should maybe fight for that top ten spot? Well, I think Brian Kelly. Um, that was going to be my immediate right, answer was yeah. Brian Kelly. That's why I brought the list up. Should right. probably be in there somewhere. I'm not sure. Who you would bump out? Maybe Brom, honestly. Yeah, I'm not sure why Brom's getting up there. So. Um, yeah, because the Ohio State, I mean, you know. What he's done that, at Purdue has not been overly impressive is, other than turning the program around. But, like, he has not had a consistent, like, top 25 caliper team up there. To be fair, he he did take, I mean, that, Nothing. that yeah. program was a complete and total train wreck when he took it over. Absolutely. And he still, he still had a, a lot of kind of inexplicable losses there, but he also had several inexplicable wins while he was there. That was the craziest thing. He'd go out and beat like a Michigan or Ohio State or Penn State And or lose to Eastern Michigan. Yes. At home. Absolutely. And I, In the same season. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, but that is an interesting list. And what about I, a James Franklin up there, maybe eleven. Yeah, I could see maybe putting James him Franklin uh, at eleven. I think there, he has an argument or, for maybe top ten, but I um, feel like Penn State is kind of underachieved lately. Um, well, I'm a big fan of his, so yeah, I, I, I really like him. But well, they didn't underachieve all in all, last year. Yeah, last year, no. But. All in all, and I'm trying to think, like, who else um, – who could we be leaving out here? Um, I well, thought, you know, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm kind of excited to see Matt Rule back in the college game. Um, you know, he had a very successful career at Beller, or Baylor and um, now down in Nebraska where they're just itching to have success, man. Those those people, they need success down there. They are. And, and I kind of want to see Nebraska back. I think college football is more fun when you have oh, some of these blue sure. bloods, like, up in the mix. What about Lane Kiffin? I think the problem with Lane Kiffin is winning percentage because he plays in the SEC, and it's um, he's just always kind of going to be like a stepbrother down there and not one of the big dogs unless he takes over one of the big teams. I don't see Ole Miss ever competing for national championships on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But I could see Lane Kiffin definitely making a case for a top 15 coach in college football. Definitely one of the funnest coaches to watch. Yes. And do you think that, I mean, I I don't know what all the metrics are that they used Mm -hmm. in this thing, but is is the metric to be a great college football coach winning national championships or having a chance to win national championships, or is it taking a team from a particular level – and making them relevant or whatever uh, over a series mm-hmm. of years and improving the team. Because let's be honest, I mean, every year there's about, what, seven, eight teams that have a chance to win a mm-hmm. national championship. And then nobody expected TCU to have a shot this year when they got into it. Well, that's true. So, And uh, I might throw in uh, Washington 
as a uh, you know, I think guy's done a pretty good job. <laughs> he has done I think a good Bob job Stoops has done. I mean, I think Mark Stoops has done a good job. Mark I mean, Stoops is one guy that I thought would be on the list. He has done a. He's done a what great about job. I'm a man. I'm forty. No, Gundy underachieves I mean, every year. They they start out like hot, like six, seven games, and they lose to Oklahoma and Bedlam every year. They they lose to Texas every now and then. And, it's like, and I feel like he's a guy that that has you know has been there long enough mm-hmm. and has you know he brings in talent year after year after year where they are ranked typically mm-hmm. many times in the top ten, and m- more often than yeah. not by the end of the year they've lost two, three, four games and. Uh, what about my guy out at Utah? Yeah, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. Um, um, hold I on. I mean, they've been pretty damn consistent for a while out there. Kind of uh, chipping on the heels of everything. I still think James Franklin is a... Kyle Whittingham. He's yeah, been there forever. Oh, I don't yeah, know how right, I draw a blank. Right. I drew a Kyle blank Whittingham, yeah. pretty, pretty good coach there. Yeah, he is. And, and Utah wasn't even that... Um, I mean, they were... But, they weren't never really in the mix. What they were in the no, Mountain they've West, been in the mid, but they, no, yeah. since Kyle Whittingham's been there, right, right, yeah. But like they were Mountain West before he even got there, and they were one of the teams that moved into the Pac-12. And, and as you know, I'm a big fan of the uh, of the uh, uh, North Carolina State coach. I think he's a really good coach. But one that one that's uh, sliding by here that I'm I'm figuring out. How about Cincinnati's coach that now has left? Oh, Fickle. Fickle. Luke you know Fickle's what? a pretty damn How good coach. How did he coach. get left off the list? I don't know, but dude. I That's mean, actually maybe yeah. the guy that I, I mean, that guy's could been, say he needs to be on that list. Hell, he was in the final Brian four. Brian Kelly and um, two former Cincinnati coaches, Brian Kelly and uh, uh, Fickle. Both those guys need to be on that list. Yeah, I think Fickle's earned the right to be on that list. For sure. So. Um, but that's interesting. That's a cool list to get us into a little college football discussions. Yeah, we're what like sixty-seven something like that days uh, it's away. Coming up so close. Uh, I always say once once we hit July, my main two goals are just to burn through July. And if I could go into like reverse hibernation, like bears do in the winter time, <laughs> if I could just hibernate during July and August and wake up for football season. I hate the 95-degree heat. <laughs> I hate the humidity. I just want to sleep and wake up, and it's fall, and there's football on, and everything's good with the world. Now, there have been a couple of cool things that have happened here in the last week. We touched on it last week that the uh, that the Reds were on this uh, unbelievable winning streak. They ended up winning 12 games in a row. And last Friday might have been one of the greatest – regular season oh, baseball man. games I've seen in a decade. Wow. Uh, when they played the Braves, uh, Ellie De-, De La Cruz hit for the cycle. It was an absolute heavyweight slugfest, and uh, the good guys ended up on top. Uh, Tuna, did you, in fact, watch one minute of that ball game? Uh, I did. I watched two innings of that ball game. And, um, well, which, by the way, welcome to our listeners to the uh, Cincinnati Reds Power Hour brought to you by Bill's Famous Cheese Spread. <laughs> so here we go on this. And I don't know if I could – I didn't watch the game, but that that's a typical Reds fan statement to say that was the best baseball game I've watched in um, a decade. Because well, about, there's, there's great games on, on an annual basis all the time, but, you know. But, but I, the announcers are even saying it. No, They're it was. there every day. Uh, I just wanted to see Ellie hit for the cycle, so I did tune in to his last couple at bats so I could I mean, see that happen. Was, and that was awesome for the kid, man. It was just electric. I, the lead changes yeah. in that were insane. Mm. Like, I did see Jason Stark say it was one of the greatest regular okay. season games he'd ever seen in 45 I'm, years well, of covering baseball. I know the announcer baseball. said it as well. In that ballpark. In that ballpark. In that ballpark. <laughs> that's I mean. A, that's, a, that's, that's a lot in that statement. but They can't all be, uh, uh, you know, Dodgers, uh, true, true, true. Dodgers be. Royals game. Don't let Eric from Davis call him. Nineteen ninety-seven. How about Clayton Kershaw pitch one of the most exciting games I've ever seen in ten decades? Last night, ten decades, ten decades. No, I no, I, I get it, man. Um, 
I didn't watch the game, so I'm just busting balls on that. So, I mean, it may it have been was, a great game. It was I watched electric. a couple at-bats because I was trying to watch Ellie hit for the cycle, and I was definitely pulling for the kid to do that. So. And it was nuts, too, trying to win the game. Mm. We're just trying to win the game. Yeah, and, and I do have, like, a obsession with Matt McClain. I, I think this kid's just oh, going to be a super stud. You saw my text. Called I know him that, the next Wade Boggs. Well, I said, just, just, yeah, on I mean, a, on, <laughs> that was a little, a little much. But you know what I'm saying, yeah. like, ha, 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 the next no, Wade No, I'm Boggs. telling you, I really like this kid, man. He's, he's got it. But, Tuna, how cool is that, uh, you know, on your last at bat, a lot of, to hit for the cycle, it's obviously much easier to hit a single or a home run or something mm. when you need a triple. <laughs> right. You need, you need a, triple. a triple. And the and, whole place is going wild. And when that ball came off the bat, uh-huh. I was actually watching it on my deck outside on TV outside. And when that ball came off the bat, I jumped up and immediately started yelling at the TV. Run, go, run. go, go, go. <laughs> The thing is, that's a double for ninety nine percent of yes. uh, of baseball. Yes, but Ellie turns uh, singles into doubles, doubles into um, triples, and triples into uh, inside the park home runs. That guy is one of the fastest human beings I've ever seen. Do we have a a, a track athlete like now that maybe? Because I feel like put him in the hundred yard dash in the Olympics. Right. I mean, yeah. this kid can fly. So. I don't know. And anytime he gets on base, you know he's gonna he's gonna get second. If he if he walks, if he gets you know just a hit, a single, sure. whatever, the odds of him still in second are just through the roof. And especially if the pitcher's lefty, like I don't know. And it was just really cool. And I get it. I mean, the Reds have not been relevant on a national scale since what 2012 or whatever. Yeah. But it is a great baseball town, and they will come out and support a winner. Um, that town has been starved for a good team, and not just not just starved for a good team, but starved for ownership not actively telling the fans to go screw themselves, which seems like what the Reds have gone through for the last seven, eight years. So. It's really exciting time to be a Reds fan, and uh, that game on Friday night really, I thought, encapsulated that. Fred? No, I, I, I agree. I, it, it just the ups and downs, the lead changes, before even all that happened, because we didn't even know he was up for the cycle until, like, the seventh inning where he's like, oh, man, he's just off a couple uh, hits. But I was just so focused on – the excitement of the crowd. It was just so, it was a Friday night, just electric. And yes, the Braves were there. And dude, the stuff that Acuna and Olsen were doing was amazing. Like they were just going like this to them. And you know, those players, as you watched it, you would think that it would be, it was playoff style baseball, Mm -hmm. uh, the, in the air, but those guys were having so much fun because you know the Braves knew what this team's all about. They know they're coming to a ballpark where people love baseball when it's at its best. They're, they've been hot. They come up there. And why wouldn't you want to be a Braves fan? Like, oh, that's the ultimate uh, atmosphere to play in. And Olsen and them, you know, no one's booing those guys. You know what I mean? It's like, and they're they're even hitting each other in the chest when they get to third or whatever, like goofing around with each other, like the uh, both of the teams and stuff. I thought it was really a fun-filled, uh, intense uh, three-game series. It well, was great. Hell, every like game this. was one point, right? Think about it like this. You're a baseball player and you're traveling and you play 162 games a year. And you play in these so many dull games where it's like there's the stadium's half full or whatever. When you get to a night game and that stadium's just jam-packed and you get like a playoff type atmosphere, players eat that up, man. Oh, dude, for And players sure. show out in those moments. Right, it's, right. It's easier to put that extra ass into it when – like you've got a pack for sure. House. It's harder when so it's not. That's You're why right. I always say that playoff baseball is unmatched. It's mostly because of the environments and it, how it trickles down to the players. Yes. And when you can get environments similar to that in the regular season, the players, man, they're going to love it. And everybody just sitting there watching it is, is, is the real beneficiaries from that. So. And how many uh, bases is, uh, is his streak over map? Uh, 
Is his streak over how many bases he's reached? I thought it was at 17. Who, McLean? Yeah, McLean. Oh, I don't McClain. know. Didn't I he have an offer the other day? Did he? Okay. Against, so that's uh, over. I may be against wrong. I mean, he may have had an offer, but he may have walked. I don't okay. know. Was, I think it was game but one. He's against got Baltimore. a nice little had a, had a nice little streak mm-hmm. going there. I could be it completely wasn't wrong anything on that. compared to the LSU guy that had like seventy four. <laughs> which yeah. what in the well, world? What was his name? Who was that? Seventy four. Is that Dylan Curtis or whatever? Like, are you kidding me? Anyways, yeah, great, great series. And, and now the Reds are on the road and they're finding out that all that excitement's gone and they're at these games where even the Orioles are playing good and they're a good young ball team. Mm. It's been raining. People haven't been showing up. There's breaks in the action. How can you get a groove going when all well, that's happening? As these young guys start become superstars like we're watching, uh, which I think they, they are some future superstars on that team, Opposing fans are going to start making it a point to come to the stadiums to see right. these guys play. It's like when exactly. Aaron Judge was traveling mm-hmm. around last year. I know it's the Yankees, but if Aaron Judge was playing for the Texas Rangers, people were going to make it a point to come right. see him play. Right. People were going to make it a point to come watch Ellie De La Cruz play because he's one of the most electric players in baseball. Yeah, It happened with Fernando Tatis a few years ago. Well, when he first came on the scene, everybody was going to speaking watch. Speaking of which, how about, about Otani? <laughs> I mean, dude, dude are you kidding me? Uh, he's insane. I don't even know what to do uh, about that. Uh, I was just this morning, I was listening to a old take that Mike Francesa had. Uh, I actually Francesa. listened to that. Did you see that? Yeah, 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 I did. It was on that Funhouse Twitter account. Yep. Um, was it an old one when he first came? Yeah, when he first was coming into the league, he said the Yankees lucked out by avoiding him. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, that dude doesn't even sweat. No. I don't even see him no. sweat. You know, he's got his hair's like, I mean, it's insane, dude, uh-huh. the way he can hit. And he uh, kind of pitches with attitude when he's on the yes, mound, dude. He like, does. He's the calmest, nicest guy in the world, but you could tell like oh, a, when it, a switch yes. gets flipped right when he delivers exactly. that ball, and there he's is. got that edge to him, man. He's God, he is going to break the bank with his contract. I'm, yeah. I mean, this, I'm looking forward to this All-Star game as much as I ever have. And I'm not saying that a lot of Reds are going to be in it mm-hmm. um, because a lot of these guys kind of popped up from AAA. But uh, but I, I'm just, just the Otani factor, and, you know, I know Judge is gimpy, but uh, the Otani factor and everybody else, it's going to be a fun All-Star game. Where is that being played? Didn't you say L.A.? I think it's in L.A. Okay. So... It would be cool if some of the Reds could make it with all the excitement that they've had, but I understand I've, why. Yeah, that, I mean they haven't been in long enough, yeah, so it's. It, yeah, I mean that makes sense, but uh, I don't know, man. It's I. I think the home run derby is one of my favorite nights of the year. I, I don't know why I love that so much, but right. I just I would love to see some Reds get in it, there on that. Why not? I mean, what yeah, do you got let to Ellie lose? hit in that. Like, what do you got to lose? See how far he can hit a ball like in a home yes. run derby. He may just completely crush. I'll tell you what, if if Ellie De La Cruz competes in the home run derby, I will bet whatever on him. I say we yeah. do an all-agree podcast bet that oh, I'll yeah. get on that. So. I agree. But, dude, baseball is, is popping. Um, you know, I, I guess the Giants cooled off a little. But uh, baseball, but we're getting close to the All Star game, aren't we? Uh, to the All Star break. Um, was it two weeks away? Yep. Yeah. Not this. The week after July Fourth week. Right. So, yeah, I think um, it's that Wednesday night. Wasn't as exciting as the NBA draft, but it's still baseball at its best. <sighs> I just <laughs> hope these guys went to the right teams, man. And- <laughs> That's all. Every, the whole time I was watching, it, I was just praying well, that they went to the right teams. Well. Speaking <laughs> of the NBA draft. Uh, the thing that got Fred so fired up last week, the NBA draft did happen after we recorded last week. And Fred, I'm going to go ahead and give the floor to you. I want you to tell us what you thought about the NBA draft, where particular guys may have ended up. And, that are uh, going to go on to do well and are going to, and some that are going to, Wilter, Please. Like Here's the a, warning to turn your radio Wilter, down, Wilter, like, like an ant under a magnifying glass. The floor the is yours, sir. Well, all I'm going to do is I made, I made after listening to the show, I made some notations on names and teams that I mentioned. Uh, sorry, Wizard fans. 
<laughs> but I'm sorry that you all are happen to be the worst team in basketball right now. Uh, and there are some five or six or whatever degrees of Kevin Bacon that totally came into play after this rant that I thought were hysterical. And one of them was right after that, uh, the trade of one of the here's some names that were mentioned in that rant: the Washington Wizards, the Golden State Warriors, the Pacers, Jaime Jaquez, aka Jamie Jaquez, uh, Jackson Davis from IU was mentioned. Um, Chris Livingston was mentioned uh, of UK. Um, let's see here. There was a oh, Jordan pool was mentioned and used as examples. So let's go in and see where these teams and some of these players, uh, that I mentioned, which is just pure speculation, but I thought it was interesting that right when we look at it, Jordan pool, who I use as an example, gets traded to where Travis the Washington Wizards. Yeah. Uh, where dreams go to die. <laughs> so Jordan Poole now left the Warriors and is at the Wizards. So then we look at the eighth pick in the draft, Jarris Walker, who is a great beast out of Houston in the uh, in the tournament. Um, he was drafted by the Wizards. And then he gets traded to the Pacers. Oh, my gosh. So who's the unlucky guy? Well, that's Tuna's guy. Bilal Kulobalabibi. Nailed it. <laughs> so I have a frowny face. Nailed I'm, it. I'm looking at my little notes, and I have a frowny face by Bilal Kulobalabibi. Guess what, folks? You'll never be hearing his name again. Okay. He's a wizard. Then let's go to the next team the Wizards drafted with the with the 42nd pick. Tristan Vukovic. That I was think my that guy. Was Matt. That was Tuna's guy. That was my guy. And who drafts him but the Washington Wizards. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to keep an eye on Tristan Vukovic to see if his dreams pass along in the winter wind. Down next in Jokovic, Washington. The next Jokovic. Then the 57th pick of the Wizards. How With ironic. Jackson Davis from the Indiana Hoosiers. And what happens? He gets traded to the Golden State Warriors, folks. So his dreams were over, and now they are getting ready to be fulfilled again because he went to a great team that he might be able to help in the playoffs and get some good, uh, he's going to learn from the best, from the best, the best coach, the best staff, one of the best forwards in his position. Uh, I think it's going to be a great fit for him. If he was in Washington, what's he going to learn? Nothing. Okay. So then we go to Jaime Jaquez. Who drafts him? Now, he could have went to the Wizard where hopes and dreams die. But he gets drafted by the runner-up of the net of the NBA World Championship, Miami Heat. Great pick, Heat. You got a scrapper uh, who has got his mom's hot too. Uh, you're gonna get a scrapper. <laughs> what? Oh, you didn't see her at the draft. Don't tell Oral uh, Roberts. You're gonna and this kid, and so we're gonna keep an eye on Hami Hawkins, big time. Okay, I mean big time. And then Chris Livingston, <laughs> and, and I don't know where he went at, but I know Jackson Davis was the 57th player picked, which is Livingston was 58. So the last player picked in the draft, and I mentioned his name in the rant, Chris Livingston. Now, where do you think a good young freshman is going to go for his dreams to fail? Like some, one of the bottom feeders in the NBA. No, he gets drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks who I really feel like are going to need him off the bench, his youth. He will be learning from only the Greek freak. Um, they're getting rid of one of the twins there. They're going to need some some uh, muscle and height 
and I think he's going to be a great player there. So, if you look back at the draft, some of the names that I mentioned and the teams that I mentioned, how ironic how they all worked out. And I do think on on another scale, a horrible trade. I can't believe the Celtics got rid of Marcus Smart. And I think, Tuna, you can jump in on that and Travis. Dude, you all know if Ike was here, that is the heart. Hmm. Of the Boston Celtics, Mr. the, Defense, the junkyard yeah. dog. Yeah, he's a, he's a if you guy will. you got to have on your team. And, and for, for them to, to kind of lose that game seven the way they did and everything and not have him to be there now, who's the guy that gets all the hard work done. And, dude, him going to Memphis, who's already a playoff contender, he's only going to help them and bring more. I think they got him just for John Morant. I'm telling you. That guy is won championships. He's gonna go look, brah. I've been I've been in this. I, I'm I'm from the same streets you are. I'm gonna take you under my wing, and I think that's what that trade was for, because everybody knows Marcus Smart is a man among boys. Uh, and then you know my picks: Hawkins went to the Pelicans. Bailey went to the Hornets. Uh, those were two of my, my guys that I liked. Pelicans and Hornets, eh, one team is a possible playoff team. The other one's there. But their hopes and dreams can falter at that at those two teams. Um, but anyways, oh, you know, the Hornets got Brandon Miller and Bailey, and I thought those were two great draft picks for them. I thought the Hornets did good. I thought that Pacers really did well as well on their picks, as they always do. Um, so... Other than that, we all knew who was going first, second, third, fourth, fifth, blah, blah, blah. Right. We'll see what happens to them. But I just wanted to pay attention to the guys that were involved in the fracas. I think uh, anyone that knows or that has been listening knows that uh, I have zero allegiance to any NBA team. And that changes tonight. Um, I don't like the way that you talk bad about the Washington Wizards. (laughs) Um, The fact that they have my boy up there. From yes. uh, Serbia. You want me to say his name? No, because nobody Tristan wants to. Tristan no. Vukovic. I don't think that's right, but. <laughs> I'm looking at it. Yeah. I wrote it down um, right. That's close. And Bilal Kululubi. Um, yeah, that yeah, one they, I think's way off. Uh, uh, I think you're close on <laughs> the Tristan. Bilal Kulabalali. Yeah. And guess what? Great job, Wizards. Way yeah. to go foreign well, in the draft. Good job. Yeah. I'm a yeah. big uh, proponent to Washington D.C. getting the foreign guys, so let's let's roll with it. I'm I'm a, I'm pulling for the nation's capital now. I'm Washington Wizards through and through. And, I'm getting and, jerseys. And, I'm getting old Chris Webber dude. bullets jersey. Oh yeah, bullets yeah. and tuna. There is plenty of room mm-hmm. on the D.C. Defenders bandwagon. You can just jump oh, right on that baby. too. Can you have a bandwagon wow. when you didn't even win a championship? The Wizards. <laughs> the hey, Wizards, you make the playoffs, you do. The you Wizards, can. the yeah. Defenders, the Nationals. I don't I know. Mean, I just have jump a, right on. I have a Renegades championship ring right now. So, so it's like uh, I, I can't. Yeah, I got to ride have with my boys. That yet? No, they're just going to okay. mail it to me for being the well, number one fan. Well, I heard it was a little pinky ring. Yeah. Thing. Well, <laughs> kind of what the trophy looks like. It's made out of the leftovers. I didn't deserve what the players got. The Fern Bowl Bowling Alley championship Actually, the championship trophy was cool the divisional trophies were oh cheap. that's right yeah okay uh but just to note and end it right here travis so the wizards originally chose jerry's walker and jackson davis and traded them away mm-hmm. for uh for two dudes in the ukraine trust the process let's keep an eye on that folks and see if <laughs> freddie benders is correct you or just not. gotta trust the process uh, that, that those two players went to the great franchises the pacers and the uh warriors and then one more one steal in the draft one steal that i thought that you know i was telling you who i thought would be good at the draft when i mentioned Jordan Hawkins and Amari Bailey. And how about Jordan Hawkins crying like a baby? I mean, that was awesome. You don't yeah. think he wanted to be be drafted? Pretty cool. And Chris Livingston, those were my three. But after seeing the draft, one of the steals, with the 51st pick in the draft, Jalen Wilson of Kansas, uh, a, a man, man among boys sometimes that has all skills, a big guard who stayed longer. Yes, he ain't no uh, 
you know, freshman or he didn't play on the Nike elite team or whatever. He played for Kansas for a couple of years, went to the Nets, and I think that player, that guy's going to have a great career. No love for Grady Dick? Uh, Grady Dick had the best outfit by far. I Flock of seagulls. It. I knew you'd love it. Dude, I was playing. I ran. <laughs> I ran so far away. <laughs> Dude, when he came out, I was like, oh, my God. That guy has more more uh, swag than I ever thought he had. After, he had, after he has I seen a lot it, of guts. After I seen the suit, I watched like just probably 15 minutes of videos of just watching him dance in a locker room. Oh, and it's weird watching such a seven foot tall, like skinny dude yeah, like that yeah, move with, with just, you know, with butt cut. It hair. looks like he's, he's going to get hurt every, yeah. se- every time he takes a step. He looks but, like Brad and fast times. So, he's just a normal looking dude. That was an homage to Dorothy slippers. If I heard right from wizard of Oz. <laughs> yes, <laughs> certainly Kansas. Kansas. It's certainly you're not, like you're not in Kansas yeah. no more. Yes. Yeah, he should have exactly. just wore the tablecloth. Now, where dress. did he go? Travis? Do we know where he went? Toronto. Yeah. Toronto. Oh, Toronto. Yep. Yeah, his jersey says yep. number one dick on it. There you so, go. Yep. There you- <laughs> um, and okay. that outfit would seem to <laughs> confirm that particular thought process. Yes. I'd buy furniture from him. But, uh, but anyways, to put a cap on that draft, uh, we'll see what happens. We now have the notations down of the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. I think it was like eight, but yeah, eight, we're, we're good. That degrees. was close. It was close. Eight yeah. Degrees. Hey, it's only two degrees off. I love it. So. And that, uh, that'll be something definitely to, uh, that we can all so follow. So crazy how it happened, how they mm. went to those teams that we talked about is what makes it so funny. I can't wait till the Wizards just beat the shit out of the Bulls every game. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be awesome to watch. Uh, John Wally walking through that door. <laughs> He'll be limping through the door. All right. <laughs> Now, Fred, uh, after... And you notice I can't name a better wizard than that in history. Maybe Chris Weber, uh, Calvert Chaney. I, I mean, there is no list that can go uh, Michael, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. He played there for a couple years. And... Wes Unseld. Okay. Okay, yeah. he's a bullet. Yes, he's a bullet. Wes Unseld. So the, the Wizards will claim I mean, all the bullet greats. They did win a. They did win a world championship. Right, but I'm going with the. Was bu- it when the ABA? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, okay. no. Okay, I didn't know. They won an NBA world okay. championship. Okay. I should know that. See, these are things I got to know. I'm talking about. I the have to wi- learn about yeah, the team I'm talking now. About the Wizards, but when they got rid. They of the were bullets. obviously not the Wizards when they won the NBA <laughs> championship. So they're already doing magic tricks. <laughs> Uh, someone told me Ola Wakandi called in. Did he try to? Did he? <laughs> that I have no idea about. Okay. All right, we're good. All right, Travis, we'll move on. We'll... All right, Fred. Uh, after we got the show back, uh, pointing in the right direction last week, you had some thoughts about some uh, some horse races that you were interested in last weekend. Uh, I'd like to hear. Uh, how those races went and uh, how your particular predictions did. Well, Tuna and I were together um, on on a, a horse that was running in the Ohio Derby. Should have uh, been the first sign of something bad. I know. Bishop's <laughs> Bay, who ran a great second. Uh, we were trying to get value there. Two fills was like two to five. But uh, two fills did prevail in a great run. Uh, proving that he is on my big board, the number two best three-year-old in in the country right now. Having said that, he hurt his ankle, and uh, unfortunately, he but but happily, he is retired to stud. So he will be a stallion. I'm sure horses will be looking for him uh, for the <laughs> bloodlines, baby, because that horse. Uh, had 10 races, and his record was 5-2-1 and one in the money. Second in the Kentucky Derby. Won his last race out against decent competition. Uh, ran on every surface uh, that they give and made $1,583,000 in earnings. So, uh, go, you know, great job to Phils and Larry Ravelli. Uh, but the owners thought, hey, this horse has ran his races. Let's not push him into the Haskell or the Travers 
the way these horses are going down and stuff. So I think that's a pretty classy move on everyone's part. And uh, he goes out a winner. Um, then uh, speaking of the Haskell and the Travers, those are two big races that are coming down the line. Uh, folks, but we have one that will be Saturday at Ellis Park, and that is the Stephen Foster. Tuna, have you seen the Stephen Foster story? What, like who Stephen Foster is? Yeah, you ever seen the, the play, the Stephen Foster, Foster story? Yeah. You've down seen that. Yeah, my old down Kentucky at Hardstown. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, that this race is named after him. Yeah, they usually have this at Churchill Downs every year. I've, I've been and watched this race, correct? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. there are six or five millionaires in this race, uh, which okay. I think is cool how it was listed when I started handicapping it. And those horses are all legit, and I'm going to name them. The uh, favorite going off right now is a past derby uh Participant Smile Happy, who has won a few races and doing very at the top of his game. I liked that horse. Yes, very much so. And ran sixth in the Derby, if I'm not mistaken, a good sixth. Right. And has been just, he's just popped off some of these other horses that, you know, aren't around anymore. Um, the next horse, seven to two, is West Will Power. Uh, another horse that's been doing well. His last out was a third. Smile Happy's last out was a win. Uh, then you have four to one Proxy, another great horse that has beaten. All these horses have raced against each other. Um, Proxy's last race, which is a different one than Smile Happy, was first. I'm not going to list the races that they won in, but Rattle and Roll, his last rate out was a win. Rattle and Roll is a past Kentucky Derby horse that finished way in the back and everyone thought was a dog. Come to find out, he's far from that. He is a good horse and doing well uh, for King McPeak. He's 4-1. Four, four to one. Last Samurai has a lot of wins on his uh, belt. Uh, and then you have 6-1. Style, uh, Stiletto Boy, 6-1. And Speed Bias, a horse... That is the big question mark horse where you're going to get good value on. Um, I'm throwing him in, speed bias, in for the for the value with proxy, smile happy, and rattle and roll. The horses that have won their last out, I'm going with. Uh, All right, so just so our listeners know again, uh, what are the horses that you are putting in, and, and do you well, have a particular... I, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going... 30 to win, 30 to place on Smile Happy. Okay. Okay. I'm going. Uh, I'm so going, would you key him in? Oh, no, on? I'm sorry. No, I'm going. Uh, uh, I'm going. Yeah, 30, 30 to win, 30 to place on Smile Happy. I'm going. Uh, and then I'm going to throw Proxy and Rattle and Roll in with Smile Happy and Speed Bias on a uh, dollar try in there. Excellent. Uh, or maybe a $2 try and kind of mix them in there a little bit. Perfect. Um, I might, as I look at them more, I might throw a uh, proxy in there, maybe put uh, 20 on him to win, uh, something like that. But uh, those are the three that I like. I'm sure everybody likes those three. I'm going to ride with Westwell Power. Okay. The that's Brad Cox horse. Right. That Yeah. And and uh, uh, he was upset last out by Smile Happy, and he hasn't let that go yet. And he, well, maybe it's in his mind. Yes. But, uh, but anyways, yeah. And dude, some other great races. Uh, um, Brad uh, Brad Cox has Squire. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of the name of it. Squire uh, Zozos is running, who was really hot in the Derby. Uh, and, and ran a good and has won some races. So there's other really good races on that card Saturday. So just uh, keep it, keep an eye out there at Ellis Park. And then we will get into the Haskell, the Travers, and Breeders' Cup on down the line. Awesome. Uh, fellas, before uh, we close out this week's show, um, is there anything uh, is there anything that you guys would like to speak about uh, I'm going to send it around the room, and I'm going to send it first to Tuna. Uh, tell me uh, a couple things that you'd like to uh, speak about before we get out of here. Yeah, tomorrow night, which I guess by the time you guys listen to this, it'll be tonight. Um, it's the uh, the match with 
Patrick right. Mahomes and yes. Travis Kelsey will be playing in a golf match against Steph Curry and Clay Thompson at the Wynn Golf Course in Las Vegas. Which, Tuna, tell me if I'm crazy. I mean, I feel like I follow golf pretty closely. Mm-hmm. Has this not been... Uh, like really pumped up or really publicized or did I just totally miss it? I feel like it was huge when it was first announced and it's just kind of been quiet. Okay. Um, I haven't heard, I haven't seen commercials about it. I believe it's on I haven't on either. I haven't TNT. seen anything. I don't really watch TNT. So maybe if you're watching TNT, they show it on the commercials. When you mentioned it uh, right before we went on the air tonight, I had no idea that this was tomorrow night. Yeah, I think these these matches, like every time I've watched them, I think they've kind of been fun. Um, they I, always it, are. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, I, I just want to watch them play that course in Montana with um, that was it Phil Mickelson and right. Uh, yeah, Bryce that was DeChambeau awesome. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. That I've was uh, Tom Brady to was out there. Uh, Steph Curry play eighteen holes though. Because I, I heard, heard he was really good. Really good. I oh, really he want is to good. See him. He's now, really good. I've only seen him in like uh, over in Colorado or in Utah playing in that one that's beautiful. He just played uh, here at Valhalla. Um, oh, really? In the, um, I guess they had some PGA Championship kickoff tournament or something oh, like that. Cool. I believe he was in it, and uh, he may have been out here with Donovan Mitchell at one point. Uh, golfing, so that but, should be really fun to watch. Mm, he's, I, uh, I don't know. I know Travis Kelsey sucks. Um, I like that. I don't know how Clay Thompson is, but I heard Patrick Mahomes is really good golfer. I'm sure he so. is. Oh no, I've seen Patrick Mahomes play. Yeah, he's played uh, he some pro am no, or something. He played in, in a match with uh, Travis. No, uh, he did with. Yeah, um, he played with uh, Aaron Rodgers and uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Patrick Mahomes, and there was one other person there that played when they were all. Oh, Peyton Manning, wasn't it? I mm. think it was all this. No, that well first one was Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. And it was like, what was it Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods or something right. like well, that? The yeah. one that, I, yeah. the last that was the one, original the match. The last one that, that I've seen. Okay. The last one was, and that was in Montana, if I'm not mistaken. It was, uh, maybe it was, maybe. Uh, yeah, it wasn't Phil. There wasn't a golfer in it, uh, like like Phil or whatever. Mm. It was it was Mahomes and Rogers, and Brady and someone well, else. They used to do a big time golfer and an athlete, right, against each other, right. And then now they've gone to more of just two guys that are athletes. That one of them happens to be a really right, good well, golfer. Dude. And then maybe Mahomes one of them isn't was, so Mahomes good. Mahomes impressed me big time. Now Aaron Rodgers is real good, uh, but Mahomes was great. I thought he had, and he was drinking Coors Light cans. And yes, I remember that. Yeah, that. So that's the last one that I saw. And, um, before we move on from that, like one thing while we got Travis Kelsey, I I, well, can I say one thing? Yeah, yeah. Go before for you say Travis Kelsey. Yes, go for it. I heard that he's going to be drinking. Uh, uh, What's that Cincinnati beer that everybody's Who drinking day? now? Who day? That's a terrible joke. No, I don't no, even get no. it. <laughs> Who to poll? You talking about Ron Geist? <laughs> I don't. I don't I, even know. I just heard that he's gonna drink some. Cincinnati you cut me beers. off for this? I did because you were talking about Travis Kelsey. No, he made a statement in an interview <laughs> um, just yesterday that made me respect him more. That he doesn't care how much money he makes. He just likes being on a winning team. And I, I I love that from him. Yes, and and by the way, I looked that up, and Yingling is what he will be drinking. Isn't that from Pennsylvania? That is not a Cincinnati oh, okay. beer yeah. in the least. And I'm in kidding. The least. I'm is kidding. that Pennsylvania? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know any Cincinnati beers other than like Ryan Geist and Who Day. Who Day. Who Day beer. I got some Who Day. Yeah, I bet you do. Uh, well, that's awesome. I'm looking. I'm so and dude, I love that being on a Thursday. Yeah, for sure. Like a good Thursday night, something going yeah, on. Yeah, like a prime is it time, West Coast? 6.30 p.m. It's, so they're it's playing in Las Coast? Vegas, okay, so it good. starts so at 6.30. On, yeah, yeah so. that'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. Fred. Well, uh, you know me when I'm coming in here. We're watching uh, Jamaica right now uh, smash Trinidad and Tobago in the Who Gold didn't see that Cup. Coming? Uh, and we know that USA, in case you didn't know, USA – uh, 
you know, folks, this USA team is like their B team, but they've got uh, a couple veterans on there, and they're all the B team's getting ready for some other tournaments and and getting ready to get back with Burhalter and all that. And this team is just trying to win a, a gold cover, trying to get people. This is how the USA should be. Your A team should be doing something, and then your B team. This is the first time I've even heard us ever have a B team in a tournament uh, where it's strictly B. Well, this we is the it. first time that, that they've had a B team that could compete. Exactly, and that is a good sign. Of course okay? it is. Now, we'll learn uh, a lot now, against you know, St. Kitts Morris and Nevis tonight. Jordan Morris and people like that are on this team. Yeldon. All that being said, he's older. Uh, we do have our... A team goalkeeper, right? Who we but, all love. But most of the other guys on this squad are guys that are going to be uh, pushing for positions on right. the next World Cup, correct? And things like that, correct? Right? Yes, and uh, the we are one. We I think we tied one one uh, on f- uh, Friday night or Saturday night. Yeah, it was Saturday. Was Saturday night. we uh, uh, scored at the end there to get a draw, which we badly needed. Uh, but Jamaica is leading in points, and they're good. They're they are the probably the the, the if the USA doesn't win it, they're the next uh, they're they're the next best team. Uh, Dem reggae boys is what they're called. Their what their team is uh, uh, listed as. Now we're just and, playing two guys tonight, right? And what's that? We're just playing two guys tonight, right? St. Kitts and Nevis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Anybody else Saint on the team? St. Kitts and Nevis. And where is that tuna? Have you been there for vacation? Yeah, we go all every summer. It's. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's. I thought it was a beer. It's, it's up off the coast of Newfoundland. Okay. Isn't that where you're heading here in a couple days? To Newfoundland. I wish. No, to Kitts and Nevis. Yeah, yeah Kitts and Nevis. Gotta, <laughs> I think I'm bigger than that island, so I don't. And I wanted to also, good luck to the U.S. The Gold Cup is going on, folks. Groups, games all over the place on FS1 and 2 during the week, on the weekends. Uh, pay attention. It's good soccer. Um, and then uh, we have, I wanted to mention a couple uh, documentaries that are getting ready to come out. Okay, please do. Well, uh, so everyone knows the Mexico-USA documentary that we finally heard about. What is this? Well, we heard about this documentary that Mexico and the U.S., and it goes into deep form. Yes. And I am on the second one of this. What platform is that on? I've got to tell Tuna about this. No. Sounds like something I'd like. (laughs) Anyways, I, I have started watching it, Tuna. To your credit, and it is very good, and I haven't finished it. I didn't know it was three episodes. I thought it was one. You said it was a quick watch. Well, it didn't get the Bill Walton treatment, well, no. but well, <laughs> I had. I mean, there are a few. I had actually mentioned to Tuna uh, when I heard how long this documentary was. I said there's only one subject matter in sports that would interest me to watch for that long, and that's Bill Walton. <laughs> so. Coming out, guys, and you probably heard about this. You all are on the cusp, or quicker than I am on this. But uh, Johnny Football, I think it's called Johnny Touchdown or something, and it is one coming out on the season of Johnny What's Football. that going to be on, ESPN? When, or? No, it's on the, the – who is the uh, – they they do, it isn't the thirty for thirty ESPNs. It's the ones that came out with a couple other uh, documentaries that SEC were pretty good. Story? No, not that either. It's on like a maybe. But is it Netflix part of an ESPN group? Oh. No, oh, okay. No, it's like they came out with one. Uh, I'm trying to think what the other documentaries they came out, but they're very. Uh, very good documentaries. Okay. Well, like very, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, they all yeah, do great documentaries. Uh, another so. one called Swamp. I think it's called Swamp Bait. Uh, a Swamp Something. And it is it's about, about Coach O? No, it's about. Damn it. That it. It's a really deep look into the personality and the team of Urban Meyer. Oh, I heard about this uh, one, man. Aaron, for, Aaron Hernandez. Hernandez. Riley uh, Cooper. Riley Cooper. <laughs> uh, keep going. Keep going. And yeah. Tim Tebow yeah. being bunch on of, that team. Bunch of great guys they uh, had on that outfit. And, and how did Tim Tebow – it's it's about how all that 
mm-hmm. worked if it did. You know, like I'm not saying it's a positive documentary. Well, uh, it worked to win football games. Well, it that's did. about it. But uh, anyway, so there's a couple ones coming down the pike, and they are not on ESPN. So they, I think okay. they're on Netflix or something like that. Maybe the Nolan Ryan one is one that they did. That's on uh, Netflix. Okay, maybe yeah. that may, that might mm-hmm. be who it is. Anyways, facing Nolan is the name of that. Coming, if yeah, anyone hasn't that's seen great. that yet. It's one of the that's best. Great. And if you watched Fastball, Fastball, I think was a HBO. It may have been uh, on Netflix. But it's all they talk about the evolution of the fastball in baseball and how much it's changed. And that they talk a lot about your boy that was a closer um, up there for the Reds. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chapman, yeah. Aroldis Chapman. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a great documentary, too. So, okay, there you go. That's what I got. Good deal. Anything else, boys? That's it for me. Yeah. Boy, I mean, I've, I've, I have to tell you, this, this week's uh, episode really uh, stayed. In the lane, it stayed on the rails. I'm so tickled about that. It's going to make it much easier to uh, to edit tomorrow. It's probably more boring though. No, oh, no, no. I think this is going to be a great episode. And man, we really appreciate everybody that listens, What's everybody that reaches hair? out. What's up with Donovan's hair? Yeah, he's getting those right? plus sprouts or something. Well, like, dude, in. you got to shave that. I'm more off, concerned the top with that of your suit, head. man. He looks I like mean, the devil's advocate. You got to shave. He's pretty much the, bald. Well, just yeah, shave just, that off that fuzz right there. He's like, hanging on, dude. And those I'm, are remnants <laughs> of a once great civilization. And I'm sure that that is uh, that is dynamite uh, content for our listeners who have no idea We're talking about Landon Donovan who have no idea what you are talking head. about. Landon Donovan needs to shave a and little I off can, his head. And I can I can mute all this and I will. <laughs> and so I, I would it's like the Bill to, Walton of soccer. I would like to thank everybody for listening. For God's sakes, I am going to mute <laughs> this. I mean, I just said how much I uh anticipated not having to edit this episode yeah. and this last 45 seconds just completely we blew can't that make it too easy on you man and so uh i you gotta do, earn that paycheck somehow i do want to thank everybody for listening for the big fella the tuna country matt kemp and the fabulous one freddie benders this is travis carter saying so long everybody